You are listening to This Is Us, Episode 3 with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach Podcast, author of Widowed. This Is Us, Season 1, Episode 3 is titled Kyle. Today I'm joined by Pam, a.k.a. Procrastinilla on Facebook. Pam is a fan of Sister Speak Podcasts and um, also has done some fan fiction, which is pretty awesome. So hi, Pam. Welcome. Hello, Joanne. Thank you for having me. Hello. This is us podcasters. I am so excited to have you joining me as a co-host for this episode. I'm excited to be here. This one was directed by John Requea and Glenn Ficarra, and they're the ones who also directed the premiere episode on this series. Uh, Makes sense, because, yeah, I got a lot of the first episode that uh, echoes of the first episode. The casting in particular, I thought was spot on, which I'm sure we'll get into that for um, William, the father. Yeah, well, we can start with that because it actually opens with young William boarding a bus. Exactly. As a young That's exactly where I'm at now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the young actor is. I made a point of trying to uh, get the names of the key characters, but... That actor who played him, I mean, the casting was amazing. I even went so far as to try and uh, get some of the poetry. I would freeze the screen yeah. and he was trying to see what he was writing down. So I, I love the attention to detail that they did with that, you know, oh, that he yeah. actually had words, you know. Yeah. And did you notice you um, they just showed the scene. There was there were a couple of phrases. I am not. This is not. And later on, I noticed um, as his uh, as his writing starts to deteriorate, which is obviously um, symbolism of the hold the drugs have taken on him. Right. To the far left of the screen, you will see this. You saw the words "this is," and I'm going. I wonder if that's some kind of play or some kind of reference to what this is us. You know what they would call like maybe an Could Easter be. egg, a little yeah, yeah. a little hidden gem. I thought that was pretty neat how they did that. Anyway, we see him riding the bus, and he notices a beautiful woman on the bus. And we see them begin to ride the bus together and fall in love. Which I loved this. You know, my husband used to tell me about riding the subway when he was a young man in New York City. And Mm -hmm. he said, you can fall in love on the subway over and over again (laughs) with women you'll never see again. Exactly. Or maybe she's with a man, but you lock eyes across the subway and you know there's something there and you're never going to have a chance because she's with somebody, right? A million stories (laughs) waiting to be told almost. That's right. That's right. So that's what this felt like, you know, as we started seeing them both on the same bus and then getting on the bus together. And as you mentioned, you notice his handwriting in the poetry notebook beginning to really decline. And I um, maybe it's revealed perhaps later in the series, but as I went back and rewatched, I realized there, unless I'm missing it, maybe you can tell me if what you uh, got from it, but there's never any indication as to who started whom with the drugs. Or, I mean, or, you know, was it him? Was he always into drugs or did he 
you know, yeah, we start don't know. slow. We don't yeah. know whether, you know, it's something she led him into or something he, you know, clearly he, he didn't seem to be involved in drugs before he met her. Yeah, it's like right. neither of them were. And right. then by the third, uh, the third trip on the bus. And actually, it, uh, if you notice, probably about the second trip, you it's almost that new that introduction to it because his his actions aren't quite as as you know quick as they were. They're a little slower, so yeah. maybe that's when they first started curiosity. I'm gonna right. try it, and the, right. by the third trip, no yeah, pun intended, he's slumping over, and there's just you know they're deep into it by right. then, and it's like oh wow. And then the last flash we get of him, he's on the bus with a newborn in his arms. Right. Notices the fire station out the bus window. And it, it's like, okay, I know what I've got to do. Yeah. And I was trying to determine were those tears or perhaps it had been a raining day, but I think they might have actually been tears. Could have been. That, Although he says later in real time, he had told um, Randall that he was pretty out of it. He didn't even remember leaving him at the fire station. True. Although he says that's that's something that sounds, it sounds like something I would do. So he was pretty high when he had the baby with him on the bus. Yeah. We flash back to the hospital with Jack and Rebecca, and they're getting ready to leave the hospital with the babies, and the doctor's there to check in one last time. They tell him the third baby is named Kyle. Uh, oh, that's, yep, Kyle, Kevin, and Karen, right, was it? Uh, right, Kate, Kevin, and Kyle. Kate, And when it. they Kate. said, when they told the doctor they named him Kyle, and the doctor said, good name, and at first I thought it was after the doctor. Did you? Did you think they named him after the doctor? Um, I was thinking maybe that was the child he lost. I wasn't positive because yeah. I it was, but it was, yeah, it was confusing to me, and I thought that it was after the doctor, but apparently it wasn't. They were planning all the t- all along on naming the babies Kate, Kevin, and Kyle, all right. the K names. I love Gerald McRaney in this, too. Oh, yeah. It's he's good so, to see him. He's so wonderful. I hope we get more check-ins with him. Yeah. Then we kind of flash back to William and Beth with the girls yelling, Grandma and Grandpa's here. And Randall pulls his mom aside saying he wants to speak to her because he privately wants to tell her about William. Uh, yep. Big development with that one. I know. But first, we jump to Toby on Kate's sofa. This show flashes back and forth so much. And when I try to recap everything from one character in one lump, it kind of gets us ahead of other segments. So you really have to go with the, <laughs> with the, the back flow of it, yeah. flashes. We mm-hmm. see Toby on Kate's sofa, and Kate is singing in the bathroom. And Toby barges in. She screams and punches him. Now, I don't buy it. I don't buy it, Pam, because, like, you finally have a dude on your sofa and you forget. Yeah, that was a little, I I thought that was a little on the contrived side. And nothing about her personality indicated this was a blackout. Like, you know, like, how did you, you know, who are you? How did you get here? So, and I find a lot of the, the, not heavy-handed, but her character, I find, which I like her. I like the actress. She's really good. But unfortunately, it's like they're they're not sure what to do with 
her character, at least her, the writing for her seems to be the most contrived I at times. I agree. I agree. And especially that scene, it just didn't make it for me because I knew she wouldn't forget that he mm -hmm. was actually on her sofa. And on her couch. if you Ooh, did know I lose somebody you? else is in your house, even if they've been passed out drunk, wouldn't you lock the bathroom door when you go in there? Even if it's just to wash your face, you're going to lock the bathroom door because there's a dude out there on your sofa. So, yeah, that that scene just didn't play for me at all. But the breakfast scene was cute. So I was glad to hear you say that, that you do think that Kate's character is the most contrived. Um, because I got that impression, too, with her. And this scene just didn't play for me at all. Yeah, it's as realistic. It seems uh, the now she really they really have her deliver when it comes to the dramatic stuff, the light stuff. It, it, it feels almost a little sitcom ish. You know, it's almost like they're doing the, you know, the the happy fat girl trope. You know, treat her just like you know, treat her just like all the other characters. You know, it's obvious her weight is an issue for her, but I'd like mm -hmm. to see it to make her about more than that. You know, and right. I mean, this whole there's a whole well, thing about I think her connection. A lot of it, I think a lot of it too, Pam, is that they have Toby's character so superficial still at this point. We have no depth on him at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping they give us more background on him in a future episode. But anyway, we get to them at breakfast after she punched him out in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he says, it's an amazing breakfast. It's whole wheat pancakes and egg white with, omelet. With blueberries. Um, Did you see that? I'm with like, blueberries. Yeah. Okay, and Kate, Kate confirms for him that he passed out and they did not have sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he says, amazing voice, by the way, good, good yes. on her voice. She yeah. actually and, is. I, I yeah. wondered and if that was really hers. That she sang when she was much younger, rocking out Cindy Lauper. Good choice. Never can go wrong with Cindy. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice how she says, though, uh, uh, then as I got older and I grew and grew. Yeah. So it's like obviously her size isn't she's self-conscious, you know, about right. rejection. Kevin then suddenly walks in, apparently having slept there, too. <laughs> so Toby and Toby looks a little surprised by that. And he's talking about um, New York auditions and who he needs Kate to contact for him. Now, she says, "Was wait, that was real, and it turns out that Kevin really wants to do theater in the city. Um, and he says, maybe you should specify I don't want to do anything where I have to show my penis. <laughs> I think, too, this is the first, unless I missed it on the first two episodes, the first indication you get that she's like his personal assistant, you know, because I think for, for a while we yeah. just thought, hey, they're just very, very close because they're twins. Actually, I found it confusing at that point because they haven't told us yet that she's his personal assistant. And to me, it sounded like he was just bossing her around, like Kate takes care of all this stuff for him. He's very self-centered, but the guy's doing a great job of it. I mean, uh, he, that whole, you know, the world revolves. It's not that um, he's not your typical, you know, diva star. He's like almost clueless. So, yeah, very self-centered, like, you know. 
He's really clueless that he's a diva. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, you know, it's all about me. Like, oh, yeah, um, you're here, too. But Kate plays into that, too. I mean, they've got that duality of the whole she twin does. thing, you know, and then her issues with, you know, self-esteem as well. So they're very yeah. codependent. But you get the impression at least Kevin's able to see as best he can. Hey, one of us has got to pull off from this well he tries he tries tries, but he just makes the assumption because he says of course he just assumes of course she's going to move to new york with him he (laughs) says i can't do this without you (laughs) right and she's all for it this is something that doesn't play well for me either although it was really cute because he says hollers back to kate hey pancakes are good (laughs) and then he whispers across to toby she's making you eat this (laughs) And Toby whispers, I'm trying to have some sex. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that is what he said. Because I wasn't Yeah. Sure. Uh, and I was like, uh, wait a minute. Dude, you say this to another dude about his sister? I don't think so. More contrived writing. That's, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a little contrived banter, but it just doesn't play real. Because I don't think no matter how humorous her boyfriend is, that he would say that to her brother. But you know what? Think about it. Uh, a regular guy like um, uh, Jack, isn't that the, the father? A guy like Jack and maybe even Randall, they would be like, whoa, dude, that's my sister. But Kevin being so in the clouds and you know all about him, he, I think it really does go right over his head. You know, he yeah, only really yeah. connects I, with Kate, I think, when it comes to important stuff. Right. He connects with her, but everybody else, just like, oh, you're buzzing around me. Oh, you need something? <laughs> Pretty much, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't pay any attention right. to him. Right. From there, we start kind of flashing back and forth to future past, future past. We see Randall telling his mom about William, and he tells her, "Yeah, he has a cat and stomach cancer." Getting right to the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and he says, "I know you guys would have found him if you could," uh, but now the look on her face was. That's good. You caught. You caught that. I. Yeah. Rewatching it, I, as I got, you know, we'll get to that later. I re- but at that time, it went totally over my head. Quick question for you: yeah. What are your yep. thoughts on Randall, uh, the writing for him? I mean, I love the actor. Sterling K. Brown is. I love the role. writing for Randall. I love the writing for Randall. He, now, do you feel that they portray his conflictedness, a little bit of conflictedness for him, because he was the only black? kid raised in an extremely white neighborhood actually my issue isn't with that that at times his writing can be a bit contrived like um kate's you know but he's able to pull it off sterling k brown because he's such a good actor like his first scene with the dad when he does his rant you know which and then dad's like you want to come in yeah and i'm like oh wait okay it the shift was so quick maybe if the yeah. It sounded good now, on paper, but then it played out. I didn't think that was contrived. I think, you know, Randall does tend to go off on these these rants. He did it again in this show at some point, I think, when he was saying goodbye to his mom and to uh, McGowan. Uh-huh. And it's because, you see, he's like on the verge of totally just breaking up. Yeah, he's a this. serious type A personality. Serious. Like, right. Total control right. and his world is unraveling. 
the yeah exactly he's really conflicted inside and it comes out at, at those kind of times the wife anyway his mom gets up and she heads straight back to the bedroom to talk to William but then we see a flash of her leaving the hospital with the babies and she sees William across the street watching and she says hey wait but he gets on the bus mm-hmm. And then it flips back to the future again, or back to the present, and she's introducing herself and asked Randall if he'll give her a moment with William. And in those flashbacks, does, does he give her his name? Oh, yeah, because the guy does tell him. Does the guy call him Shakespeare, the bus driver? Does she, does, right, so does, right. Does she know yeah. his name when what Randall says his name is William? He has stomach cancer. Right, and right. her face doesn't give and anything away. And then as soon away. as Randall leaves, he says, well, you look well. Mm-hmm. And we again, we cut back to the 1970s where Rebecca and Jack are struggling with the babies, clearly exhausted. Jack says, they'll be in college soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him in this Milo. Mm, Milo is very nice. I very do nice. like him, and I love their both their characters together. Mm-hmm. You know, when they flash back to the 70s and the 80s, I just, I really love them. They discuss that um, Becca's not comfortable with Kyle. He won't take to her breast to nurse. She says, he's different. The other two grew inside of me. So she's really struggling. That was a nice moment. At that point with bonding with the baby. She says, I'm not bonding with him. Very realistic. He feels like a stranger. I like how this show doesn't shy away from what would really, for some people, in other hands, I think on other shows, be uncomfortable moments. But hey, it's reality, you know. Hey, I've got. Right. And it's not. And I. It's not even about the race, I love that they're doing this. This flashback and forth mm-hmm. between the scenes of her at home with Randall as as baby as Kyle still, and back to the present again with Randall. Mm-hmm. Now he's telling Beth his mom is talking to William. You're like okay, and you see her, you see Rebecca telling William and saying, "We had a deal." Another bombshell. Yeah, it's like yeah, oh. we had a deal, and warns him that his son will put saving him ahead of everything else in his life. And you better darn well be worth that. That was deja vu because didn't Randall's wife say the same thing about him that didn't she pretty much did. That is pretty much what Beth told him in the last episode. Yeah. So then she comes out to Randall and says, he seems nice still pretending like they never met. He seems nice. And Randall, Randall goes back to the bedroom and it's empty. So he gets in his car to go find William who's now not interested in messing up anybody's life. William was just going to take off. <laughs> he had some and they argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He sure does. They argue about William seeing the doctor that Randall lined up for him. Randall is insisting. I didn't catch. What was it that William said to him right after they kind of butted heads? And he said something like, I'm starting to regret that you yeah. found me or something <laughs> well, like after, that. Uh... Uh, Randall tells him I love you. He goes, listen, then you want to go play Joe Hobo or whatever. And he's like, let's take you to the doctor. And then um, William says, you know what? I'm starting to regret. Uh, what did he goes? Um, leaving. Uh, I should have something about leaving him on the doorstep of the firehouse. He yeah. makes a crack like that, you know. And he's, yeah. he's like, I'm yeah. wishing they would have yeah. left. Yeah, they would have kept you there on the doorstep of the firehouse or what have you. That was something like it that. Was funny, something though. like that. 
And to make matters worse, Randall sees a couple of his white neighbors come out of their houses and stare. And he's, you again begin to, you see how painfully aware he is of how it looks to his neighborhood. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, just random black guy, you know, what what have you. He just kind of mumbles, hi, white people. (laughs) Yep, nothing to see here. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Well, then we get to the scene where we see, I love this scene, even though it uh, might be a little contrived. Toby pulls up in a limo. Oh, yeah. Puts a chauffeur hat on, rolls out a red carpet, and rings Kate's bell. And she opens the door and gets the paparazzi treatment because he's furiously snapping photos. And he says he wants to give her one day where she is the star. That that was sweet. That was nice. He's almost, you know, the the too good to be true boyfriend and the cynic. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, the cynic <laughs> in me, you know, the writer who always likes to gravitate towards that which is dark and whatever. I'm like, okay, what are we going to find out about Toby? You know, <laughs> is he on the yeah. run from the law? Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm glad the cynic is in you because I've been cynical from the very start. One of my first thoughts on the premiere episode was. How many really obese girls go into their meeting of overeaters and then find this perfect boyfriend guy, mm-hmm. right? You know. It's it's almost the Cinderella story, Snow White story. I just had a thought. What if Kevin put this guy up? You see, my, my mind goes all over the place. I'm like, what if you know oh, that? You're like projecting stuff into the future. You're like meaning well. Hey, you know, because when you said he's too good to be true, but I just think they're suffering from a case of, you know, yeah, the, what, what they call it? They call it the Mary Sue character where he can just, he does everything right and everybody likes him. That's, I think that's what's Toby's lot, at least in this episode. And you are saying that you think Kevin may have set this up. That would be it. Which would explain why he could get away with saying something to Kevin like, I'm trying to get some sex here. All right. And Kevin doesn't overreact to it because that was Kevin's intention in hiring this guy. Remember that listeners procrastinella called it first. (laughs) You called it first. You called it first. It would be interesting. That would be a nice twist. It would be interesting. And this, this show was known for doing that. All these twists, everybody's saying like, wow, is every episode going to end with a, you know, uh, a twist you didn't see coming. So wouldn't that be something if down the road yeah. you found that out? It will. And then we're all going to blame you of being a spoiler. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Toby drives Kate to her gig to do karaoke of time after time. And we do get a flash to Kevin who is in his closet. He's in a closet that I could live in. Thank you. If, if it had a toaster. Thank you. Right? He's packing. He's got those fake heads with his um, knit caps on them. I loved that. <laughs> He's just a little on the vein side. Just a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. So back to Toby driving Kate. And she's trying to say, no, no, no. And he says to her, you'll deprive the world. And she says, the world will live. <laughs> and his answer is, but your audience may I not. love that. And he that was good. pulls up to a nursing home. <laughs> like, uh, they might not make it now. <laughs> right. The audience may not. So, yeah, pulls up to a nursing home. Um, at that point, we've cut away to the doctor's office again and back to the babies, and it's their first checkup. Now, we get more of this wonderful doctor, 
and he knows the babies are doing really well, but he's wondering how Jack and Rebecca are doing because Rebecca didn't come. And he says it's a little unusual that the mom doesn't come to the first appointment checking up on the on the babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he, he yeah. got it before he, the viewers did because I'm thinking, hey, your three babies, she's tired. And is it in this scene where he brings up uh, you know, she you forget she did lose a baby because it's easy to forget, you know, yeah, right. one of the children yeah. didn't make That's it. That's what he tells him. That's what he tells him. Because Jack, Jack explains she's not bonding with Kyle. And then he says, and this was beautiful, he said, I think she's broken. And you you can fix her, right? You can tell me how to fix her because she's broken. <laughs> so yeah. it's so simple. And it's like, so, no, it's not quite right. that easy, you right. know. Yeah. So, yeah, Doc Doc has that talk with him because, you know, he tells him, look, you turned it around to something positive for yourself. She hasn't. Yeah, she's going to need some time. You know, she won't. Because, yeah. hey, she and I think she tells did she already tell him that when she was saying that Kyle wasn't taking the breast. She goes, he's different. I, you know, I feel bad for saying that. But she goes, I carried these two. They were inside of me. So I think you know right. they did a good job of highlighting how there is that bond between mother and yeah, child absolutely. you know it's a little hidden thing that you know if you really don't pay attention you miss it when they're talking about you know the complexities mm-hmm. of you know not that she's suffering from postpartum syndrome but she the, the, the uh, complexities of having lost a child a fetal death right. well it could be compounded too by you know the, the the postpartum syndrome where your hormones are just all over the place and you can fall into depression anyway even if you didn't lose a child um also we get that great dr welby kind of moment with him am i old that i remember dr oh, welby yeah. mark i did too um, marcus the doc tells jack to go ahead and get a nap on his waiting room couch I thought that was and sweet. he can watch the babies because he had his afternoon free uh, then we go back to Toby and Kate, where Toby is now introducing Kate in the nursing home with much buildup and fanfare. <laughs> They're like, yeah, for real. Did you love the line he tells her? He goes, I, I got you the three o'clock slot. It's in between, je- it's after Jello, but before their nap. <laughs> I thought that was cute. So we got a spot here. It is perfect. You'll hold their attention for about three minutes and 30 seconds. They, they can take that. Yeah, yeah. So he gives her the huge build-up fanfare. He drops the mic, which you see the look on her face because you don't really drop a mic. I know that's the big thing to say now, like, drop the mic, dude. I got it. Mics are expensive. You don't drop microphones. Yeah. And then, too, she's like, I'm not getting down here to pick it up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And at least now Kate is more believably dressed, yeah. in my opinion. I had issues with the last couple of episodes and how she was dressing. But this time she's in the big drapey sweater yes. over top of jeans, which is kind of more how You're trying to camouflage. all of us, when, yeah. when we are really feeling self-conscious about our body, yeah, we go right for the camouflage. And actually more like flattering, put, really. Actually, that actually... Yeah. Yeah. If we put enough drapiness around us, no one will notice how much we weigh. Um, yeah, in the right <laughs> colors, you know, which I noticed. I don't think they put right. her in light colors in this. I don't think I recall her seeing. Yeah, I know they haven't. They haven't. Now, um, Kate starts singing 
and it starts out kind of tentatively. And I love the way while she's singing time after time, they start flashing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Because you see Rebecca in the 70s looking for William and finding him. And you then see Randall at the doctor with William in present time. And the doctor drawing blood and it goes back to Kate singing and back and forth. And then as she gains confidence, she nails yeah. it. Was that her singing the actress? Do you know? Because I looked and I couldn't find anything as to who uh, who performed the who was performing the song. I stayed. I thought it was her, but I didn't confirm that. She's got a good I think voice I just assumed her, that it was. There were no credits at the yeah. end of the episode uh, saying who. Yeah, I think she it. does sing. It, it was it was a really nice uh, a nice version. I like this acoustic version, and it was a great like you said a great backdrop for those scenes, you know. Oh, yeah. All that back and forth, back and forth. She's so pleased with having come out of her shell momentarily that she and Toby <laughs> are right into a janitor closet groping each other. <laughs> that was nice. As a, hey, she does have a, you know, she does have an appetite. So, you know, for sex, that, that's good. They're making her sexual. Yeah. You know. Well, it's like she dropped those barriers to sing and I guess it just dropped the rest of those barriers that she was feeling. Oh, so we you thought. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It picked up her confidence enough. Well, until Kevin phones. Mm-hmm. And then what she right? dropped, literally, she stops everything for him. She stops everything for him. His ex-girlfriend is there busting up his apartment. What do you call her crazy Apparently. Elaine? Insane Elaine. I think that's what they call her. I don't know. I don't he's know. like, I stopped with Insane Elaine. And she's like, yeah, she's apparently pissed that he's moving to New York City. And Kate says, I'll be right over. Just like that. You know, Just like that. To- Toby is not happy. Yeah, he's like, you're going to do what? And... What did yeah. you think of her comment? He, she's like, uh, everybody comes, uh, what did she say? Everybody comes in second to my uh, to my brother. Well, kind of. First she says, we're twins. We're twins. Mm-hmm. And Toby says, well, yeah, but I can't be second banana to your brother all the time. And she's like, and she says, you have that's, to. Everybody is. Everybody has to. Which is, that's her point of view. I wonder if yeah. we'll get to see. If Kevin, like everybody here, if Kevin thinks the Toby. same, yeah, because he, what he tell her? He goes, <laughs> I don't do this for everybody. He goes, I don't make these grand gestures just for anybody I meet. Well, hey, I like you, right and here. I'm. Right, that's when he actually gets serious. Yeah. like one of the first times since we've met. Yeah, you him. see him drop. You know, not a, not that it's a facade, but yeah, he's being real. It's like, hey, I like you. I really like you. Yep. You know, and he. You're yeah. interested in me. Let's go somewhere with this. But, you know, she can't see at this point that she's doing it again. She's deflecting or she's, uh, you know, well, she's using her relationship with Kevin as a crutch. You know, my brother needs me. Well, what about what you want? Right. You know, she's right. afraid to right. go for, you know, what she wants. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, OK, you just blew that one, honey. You know, <laughs> I know it. I know it. The look on his face. Like, really? Like, just totally deflated. Then we go back to the 1970s again at William's apartment. Rebecca's there, and William is telling her how he met the baby's mom and fell in love and used to read poetry to her from his favorite poet. And she tells him how they planned names for the triplets. Here's where we get this confirmed that she planned names for the triplets. Ah, uh, yeah. For Kate, Kevin, and Kyle, but one of the babies didn't make it, and his baby showed up at the same time. 
And she says, you know, I just wanted to know his more of his story. I like when uh, William tells her, I don't know if it was at the beginning, he goes, he didn't come from this, that he came from love. And he, that's again when he tells her about how he met, right. um, how he met the child's mom. And, you know, that right. you can see that she she believed him, you know, that uh, Rebecca believes him. And she's like, but then also she went into Mama Bear Mole. She's like, he's mine. He's my. Oh, I yeah. like that. Even yeah. though she Not was having trouble connecting with him, what did she establish? Right. William. Well, William asked if he could check in on him from time to time. And she said no. And furthermore, she needs to know that William will never come back for him, which tells me that she can't bond with this baby because she hasn't truly felt like it's her baby yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess when you adopt, there's always that story haunting the back of your mind that the parent could show up and ask for him back at any moment. They're not really yours. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then hers is compounded. And I think William realized that she needs to know that this is going to be her baby. Right. Because he suggests he's the one that says, uh, what did he say? Um, give him his own name. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's after she confesses to William that she's not bonding with the Kyle. And she says she wants to love, you know, I want to love him. I want to love mm-hmm. him, but I'm not bonding. And that's when he says, give him his own name. Because she's still clinging to the memories says, of Kyle. She's still right, thinking of this baby right, as the one. Right. And I think him to the one that even the baby can probably sense that it was stuff that she didn't even realize she was oh, doing because you know kids feed off your energy so you know yeah if if you're if you're reacting to me like i'm a stranger i'm going to receive you as something foreign but when you open yourself right. up and you know see me with new eyes then the child would be receptive too i mean i love the layers right. of this i mean all this from a simple drama I mean, I'm not it I'm is. not ready for all this. I'm, we've been getting crappy TV all year, all last year. And then now <laughs> they want to bust out like, where has this show been? You know, I know. I know. And NBC. And when all. William says, give him his own name, she asked him who was the poet that he used to read to her, to his to kind of, uh, kind of, yeah, wife or uh-huh. girlfriend. You know, who was your favorite? And William hands her this really well-worn book by Dudley Randall. And he says, maybe you'll give this to him someday. Uh-huh. Nice foreshadowing. Goosebumps. Yep. Goosebumps. Part of me's going, dude, do you know how close you came to being named Dudley? <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's about yeah, Because I saw the last thing, like, ah, that's where Randall comes from. That's where you get your name. Right. It's like, dude, right. you were this close to being Dudley. And being Dudley, I know it. But <laughs> don't you see how they're laying the groundwork? Because, oh, these little bombshells, I'm sure, down the line by the season finale are going to go off, you know. And for somebody I'm as sure. tightly wound as um, Randall, it really is just going to rock him yeah. when or if. And one of the things they do beautifully with all of their transitions in their shows and little Easter egg kind of things, things that you don't always catch as they go into the next scene. When they left this one and went into the next scene, it panned to the photo of the three of them. And it's the same photo that was in Kate's apartment in the last episode. But now this one is in Randall's Mm -hmm. house. So they have copies they each have copies of the same photo with the three of that them. was nice and i took note of the did you notice the body language of the uh of all three of them in the photo 
uh, Randall and Kate were hugged up and Kevin was off to the side. He was off to Randall's right and a little to the front. And they've already established in the season premiere. Remember when Kevin says, I wasn't a very good brother, was I? You know, and he says, right. no, you weren't. Randall says, no, you weren't. Pause. But there's still time. So, you know, yeah. even in yeah. that photo. And there. Yeah, there were issues as kids, issues at school when they were fighting together in their room. Um, you kind of find out, you, you realize that Kevin just always, he and Randall just never really totally came mm -hmm. together. And almost like Kate was right. this, uh, she was the mediator between them. And she was able right. to connect with both, you know, her relationship with Randall took nothing away from her relationship with Kevin. And you get the sense that Randall was never threatened by her relationship with Kevin, because, you know, mm -hmm. you can look at these yeah. two and see she and Kevin, Hey, we're, we function as one. Sometimes we're a unit, but yet you, in that photo, at least you got the sense that she is, she's close to Randall, you know, maybe right. not the same type right. of closeness she has with Kevin because it can't be there. They're those twins, but that they definitely, they are the closer of the two when it comes to interacting with the non twin, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And um, as we cut to Randall's house, he's telling Beth that it's bad, William's health. And he said that um, he was sad that he didn't look to find him sooner. That was sad. And he tries to make it be about the girls. And Beth just, she hones right I in love on that. this. I love Yeah, Beth, I like her. I, I like her. She says, she says, you barely know anything about him. You don't have much time. Exactly. Make it count. Yeah. Which, absolutely. Absolutely. And at this point, we cut over and we see Kate walking into Kevin's closet. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about one of the plays that she got for him to read as being really good, maybe too good for him. And she shares with him about Toby doing the whole red carpet mm -hmm. thing. And that she was so elated after singing and what a difference this whole experience made for her. And she was like on a cloud. And Kevin says, then what happened? And Kate says, you phoned. <laughs> and Kevin's like, and you I, answered? And didn't yeah, you? And it's like the first time Kevin realizes not only how dependent he's become on Kate, but worse, she's totally dependent on being his and sister. And what I love. It's like he gets it, that their relationship is totally holding her back from developing a life of her I, own. I don't know about you, but I also sense that unspoken, he goes, and you answered? And she's like, yeah, I sense he was like, I wouldn't have if it were you, you know, not right. Not just right. because he's so self-centered, but, hey, he's a guy. A guy's like, come on, I'm about to score with a hot chick. Unless, you know, your yeah. house is on fire. You call me back two times later and I realize it's something serious. First ring, I'm not going to answer. But she's that wrapped up in Kevin. Yeah, so he's like you said, that's a perfect analysis. You're like, wait, you're putting your happiness it on is. hold. It is. He realizes that. And, hey, it shows Kevin is growing, too. You know, it might be just a teeny tiny window, but he was able to see, hey, wait. Well, he, he does. He takes the big leap because at this point he fires mm -hmm. her. Uh, yeah. I think it's the first time I realized that she really was his hired person. Oh, yeah, that she knew. Remember, right. she's trying to call for his yeah. ticket. Um, what was it? We need right. hypoallergenic pillows on the flight and about his <laughs> workroom. I'm like, okay, he is seriously high yeah. maintenance. Seriously. 
Right. Well, he's a TV star. And, you know, stars are all a little bit like this. If they're going to be a guest on a talk show or something, they have requirements for the green room, for the type of bottled water that's going to be there for them. No green M&M's. Exactly. Rose petals, please, on the floor when I arrive. So, and I think it's so telling when she says back to him that she doesn't really know who oh, she is if she's not his. That was probably the line of the episode. She See, stuff like that, that actress, she shines, you know, just like mm-hmm. it, it was simple, yeah. straightforward. They, you know, wasn't a contrived, you know, line in that whole scene. That was right. good. Right. When they're. It but, was good. And he answers her and says, I mm-hmm. do. And you're going exactly. to love it. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good together. It was just really good. Really good. Um, then we see Toby showing back up at Kate's. Apparently she's called him to come back over and she's trying to apologize. And he's still been out of shape. <laughs> I mean, you see it on his face. He's you're like, like what do you want? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're but he came. <laughs> he did come. Yeah. And he came. And then as soon as she holds up the condom. Okay. He immediately accepts her apology. Yeah, he's still a guy. He is still a guy. Yeah, which, again, they were going back to that lightness, that silliness, right? Yeah, almost a Um, little bit. And in the meanwhile, Kevin is flying on a red eye back to New York and leaving Kate a phone message, which she does not answer. He goes, you will not get that. Not even thinking about it. Not thinking about it, you know, which was a nice touch. Then we go back to 1970 again, and Jack is sitting on the floor of the nursery with the the babies in their cribs, I suppose, when Rebecca comes back and says she can't stop thinking about the one that Faye lost. And that's when Jack confesses, me too, and talks about how guilty he feels, how guilty he feels for thinking about the baby that died. And then if he's not thinking about the baby that died, he feels guilty about that. Mm. And they are kind of surprised to acknowledge that they both have been feeling that. But not thinking about what the other, because, hey, she's so wrapped up in her grief. Hey, I didn't realize you lost a child, too. Him, like, you know, hey. Well, Jack had been covering it up. He had been covering it up really well. Yeah, because I, yeah, I didn't catch it. You know, he wasn't being honest with his own grief. And, you know, clearly it's going to make a difference to him, too. He's still going to think about that son that right. he lost. And full term at that. I mean, that's that's very difficult. I used to work in a um, in a hospital on a labor and delivery ward, actually. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I've seen the gamut from, uh, you know, less than 20 weeks to each and each fetal death is still, you know, they're still hard, but definitely, I mean, to go oh, full yeah. term and lose a child, I mean, whoa, that, that's heavy. That's yeah. very heavy. That's hard. That's hard. Um, it's in this scene that she says, I think we need to give him his own name. And she pulls out the book that William had given her and she shows the name to Jack. And to our relief, he gets named Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Almost became Dudley. <laughs> oh, but yeah. think about it. Joanne, we just found another Easter egg. Oh, actually, kind of, sort of. I was thinking uh, when the kids used to call him Webster when he was little, I was thinking along the lines of different strokes. But Dudley was the character on different strokes, not oh. Webster. Because oh. I was like, look at that. There's another <laughs> Easter egg. But, but it was still 80s, still 80s sitcom, almost, kind of, sort of. 
Yeah. But he yeah. came close. Well, now, and Dudley Randall was a, a real poet. Uh, yeah, he was an African American poet um, published from Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. And he also founded a publishing company called Broadside Press uh, in 1965. Let's see, a little, learn so, something new every day. Learn something new, yeah. Then we go back to the present time with Randall going into the bedroom to talk to William. This was a nice scene. And this was great because he tells him he thinks he's going to tell the girls who he is. And you see William brighten right up at Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I I love how the the hesitancy on, you know, on Randall's Randall's part, like he's getting ready to leave, but like something he wants to say or ask. And then almost Mm -hmm. here's this, here's this, you know, very together, you know, strong, grown man, but what he's almost childlike in that moment, you know, what was my mother like, you know, and, but then William just brightens up even more because then he says, he goes, what he, uh, he pats the bed, like, you know, come here, sit down and, you know, let me tell you about her. So that's great that William has, even though they might be limited, those memories of the mother, because it, it's going to be important to Randall, yeah, to help him piece together you know, that part of his life, even though he didn't live it, if you will, but it's, you know, right. it's, it's a part of who he is, you know, where he came from. Oh, sure. Which, sure. It's part of his story. Yeah, that was really nice. And then we get that last peek into 1970 where Rebecca picks up baby Randall yes. who nurses just fine. Now she's calm enough. He takes the breath, the breast and she smiles and whispers hi and see that when she went to pick him up that's the thing i was talking about the baby that's when it hit me when i saw it i was like you know what the baby senses hey she wants me you know she's seeing me for me because before like she said i keep thinking about the one we lost kyle she was trying she was viewing him as kyle treating him how she would have treated kyle not recognizing him as his own you know, person, if you will, you know, no, this isn't Kyle. This is a different child. But once she got past that, because you could even hear it, I mean, how lovingly she just pats his little chest and she's like, hey, there, little baby, you know, her whole demeanor was different. And the child's receptive to that. Yeah. You know, and then she. So, yeah. And it gave me goosebumps. Again, they gave me another goosebumps. Mandy Moore has been killing it in this show. I've always liked her. You know, I, I saw her in the Diane Keaton movie that went on because I said so. And, you know, she's done like a lot of comedy and stuff, you know, good little actress. But she has impressed the hell out of me on this show. I mean, yeah, awards all around for everybody, but definitely probably the strongest performance in this show for me is her. And then actually, as much as I love Sterling K. Brown, the guy who plays his father, um, I wrote his name down, Ron Cephas Jones. He's right behind her. They are two of the strongest, I think, performances in yeah. the show. Yeah. But everybody is great. I think I she think should so. get a nomination I next year. I mean, she has been doing really, really good work. I agree. I agree. I think she's one of the, the better on the show, although they're, oh, yeah, they're all, all good. And it is brilliant oh, yeah. writing, even though there's parts that I question. <laughs> I don't right. buy it. It's still awfully good yeah. writing. It is. It's a, it's a really good show. I hope. I, I don't know if they've indicated yet if it's coming back for a second season. I'd be surprised if it doesn't because I think the ratings have I been really be good. I would be shocked if it doesn't come so back. So I hope they don't second. suffer from I would be the sophomore slump, like they call it. I hope the second season, you know, goes as well as yeah. the first. But I mean, we're, 
we're early in, so there's much more of the tale to tell. We are early in. And for all you out there listening, I would love to hear what you think of This Is Us, what moments in the last episode you've watched really hit home, or if you want to share comments about an episode, you can send that feedback to Joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. And that's J-O-A-N-N, no E. And you can also find me on Twitter at Joanne underscore Life Coach. And um, I want to thank you, Pam, for joining thank me today. You for having this has me. It's been a real pleasure to break it. this down with it you. It was fun. I had a blast. I, anytime. Call me back anytime. I, I love the app. I love to watch TV. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And you mentioned you have a fan fiction website. Yeah, here's a little blurb for my little pet project. It's uh, it's called, the website is called Scribbletations, as in, you know, to, when you write, you scribble. And so my idea was yep. you have an idea that comes to you, you just jot it down. So I call them scribbletations. But the website address is darkdiva.tvheaven.com. So that's one word, just like it sounds, darkdiva.tvheaven, one word, dot com. And it's mostly Perfect. general hospital fan fiction, but I'm a huge 24 fan. So there's a little Jack Bauer fan <laughs> yeah. on there and just lots of short stories and uh twitter kind of thing i'm listed as uh isn't she lovely it's like the song except there's no t so it's i-s-i-n-s-h-e-l-o-v-e-l-y that's what i am on twitter at isn't she lovely great so they can go check you out and you can find my website at joannethelifecoach.com I'm the host and producer of Weight Coach Podcast and Widow Coach Podcast. They're solo podcasts as a certified life coach and weight loss coach. So if you're widowed or know a widow, grab my book. It's available as a Kindle download on Amazon. The book is Widowed, and it's going to be released in print in bookstores next year. You'll find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Coach. That's it for this episode. Until next week, keep it going and keep it real, people, because this is us. (laughs) 